You're listening to episode 22 of the Well Woman Co. podcast. Welcome to the Well Woman Co. podcast, where we believe that women who count themselves worthy of being well change the world. I'm your host, Brooke Peterson, author, entrepreneur, and founder of Well Women Collaborative. My story begins by being set free in an instant from disordered eating and poor self-image for over a decade, which you can read all about in my latest book, Food Freedom, Stop Hiding and Uncover Who You're Meant to Be. I not only made peace with my body, I stepped boldly into the life God originally intended for me. Now I'm on a mission to help other women experience vibrant health as they pursue the call on their heart. Wellness begins by breaking free from disordered thinking. Sister, it's time to tune out comparison and tune into the truth about who you were created to be. If you're ready for fresh wellness perspectives, real life tactics, and honest conversations to help you live the life you were designed for, you've come to the right place. Don't forget to listen all the way to the end for a single key takeaway to take you one step forward in your wellness journey today. Welcome to the Well Woman Co. podcast. Women who count themselves worthy of being well change the world. Will you join us? This episode is sponsored by my new online program, Food Freedom 60, and this month I'm doing special for the mamas. I totally get this is the time of year where new routines ramp up and schedules are kicked into gear. Many of us moms are faced with the brunt of the seasonal transition, and it's easy to put our needs or goals to the wayside, but not this fall. September 16th, we're kicking off a special Food Freedom 60 Moms Edition. It's the same eight-week course designed to help you renew your mind and reshape your body, but this special Moms Edition will have bonus group coaching calls with myself and guests to specifically help care for busy moms like yourself so you can reach your wellness goals before January 1 rolls around this next year. Are you craving breakthrough program that leads to physical transformation without neglecting your soul and spirit? After writing Food Freedom, Stop Hiding and Uncover Who You're Meant to Be, I knew I had to create a space for women to dig deeper together into the actual process of how to transform her body, soul, and spirit for results that last. I believe that you have what it takes to feel insanely good in your own skin, walk through life with confidence, and follow your God-given purpose. In Food Freedom 60, you will receive registered dietitian designed meal guides and food lists, meal prep help, recipes, learn exactly how to identify and destroy toxic thought patterns holding you back, discover your unique purpose, learn how to work with your female body, advance fat loss strategies, tailored nutrition guidelines to reach your unique goals, exclusive guest expert interviews, along with community and group coaching. This eight-week self-study course is your breakthrough for food freedom. Learn how to renew your mind and reshape your body in about five minutes per day through short video trainings, group coaching, and community. So mamas, hurry up and enroll before doors close on September 16th. I'll be giving away a free 
copy of my new book, Food Freedom. That's right, a free copy of my new book, Food Freedom, when you enroll by September 16th. Just mention you enrolled through this podcast episode. Visit www.foodfreedombook.co backslash FF60 today for the special Well Woman Co. podcast book bonus, or you can visit the show notes for the link. I can't wait to meet you in this special group of moms this fall. It's your time to renew your mind and reshape your body once and for all. Remember to visit www.foodfreedombook.co backslash FF60 to enroll today. Today's guest is Christy Straub. She's a native Canadian, wife to an American, and mommy to two feisty kiddos. She's a marriage and family coach and leads Famous at Home, an organization where she and her husband Josh coach families to be famous at home so they can thrive on their stage. Her honesty, wittiness, and transparency are contagious. You ladies are going to love her. She's the co-host of the Famous at Home podcast and is the co-author of the children's book, What Am I Feeling?, that we're going to dive into a little bit later today. She and Josh also co-authored a Bible study for families called Homegrown, Cultivating Kids in the Fruit of the Spirit. This is why I had Christiane today. After listening to her interview with Christine Kane on her Famous at Home podcast, I felt like it was a perfect setup for what I'd like to touch on in today's episode. In this season, where a lot of us are getting in the groove with new schedules, kids are back to school, etc. Because as we begin the start of another school year, our hearts as mothers is to protect our children, ensure their happiness, and lessen their pain as best we can. I know my daughter is going into preschool, and I have all the feelings. And the goal for many of us is a peaceful household, well-behaved children, and restful sleep for mom and dad. Am I right? Peaceful households are amazing, but what I want to process on today's conversation through the lens of raising our kids with emotional awareness through instilling a purpose-driven family culture, not shying away from the hard stuff, and most of all, inviting your kids, our kids, into whatever it is you feel your personal call is and your call as a family. Christine Kane, the one that Christy was interviewing on her podcast, She started a global anti-sex trafficking organization, which at the time was a topic mostly unheard of, and she did this with two young girls. Now Christine Kane's girls are in their early teens, but they have traveled around the world with their parents and love being part of what Christine calls, quote, the family business. And Christy and her husband, Josh, had similar experiences with their two young kids as they travel, coach, and speak. This is what I want you to take away from this episode, because I know a lot of us have kids that are still young. They're still at home, and all the while, we have this burning desire to make an impact right alongside with our kids. So today, I want to touch on this. How do we instill vision and emotional security in the everyday? How do we lean into the hard with our kids, and how do we become secure as parents. Whether you feel like you want to start a global organization or whether you want to kick up your intention as a mom, I'm so excited for you to hear Christy's wisdom because she drops so many wisdom nuggets. So just buckle up, hold tight, grab out a pen and paper if you're in a position to do so. You're not going to want to miss a single word. Listen all the way through to the end because I'm telling you, the goodness doesn't stop. 
So our guests today, Christy and her husband, Dr. Josh, are the hosts of their own well-acclaimed podcast, In This Together. And ladies, they have interviewed people like Candace Cameron Brewer, Bob Goff, Louis Giglio, Nicole C. Mullen, Matthew West, Christine Kane. I mean, that's incredible. And I'm sharing this not just for flattery, but as a testament of the tribe of people that Christy, our guest today, and her husband, Dr. Josh, are running with. I mean, if you're not familiar, these are leaders who have stood the test of time in their ministry and their platform. And most importantly today, family, which we're going to dive into. And so today's episode is not just important for those with kids in school. So you have to listen up. It's important for teachers, mentors, grandparents, aunts, and uncles, and for any woman who has a desire to get married or have kids in the future. Something I've already learned from Christy and her husband is that the reality is that our parenting journey begins guess what, before you become parents. And so how you sow into your own emotional wellness now will actually determine the kind of fruit your children will bear in the future. And so today's guest is going to bring a lot of insight and wisdom around this topic. So Christy, welcome to the show. Oh, Brooke, thanks for having me. It's my honor. You bet. So why don't you fill in the listeners of a little bit of your background of how you got to where you are right now and what a day in the life of the Straub family looks like? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know the answer to that one. Um, Every day is different. Um, yeah, we, I, I'm a counselor by trade and education. So my husband and I are both, um, trained as counselors, but, um, ministry to marriage and family was probably on my heart since I was a teenager. Although I couldn't have told you really what that meant. Um, and so we've moved into this space. We, we run an organization called famous at home and we help leaders be famous at home so they can thrive on their stage, whatever that stage is. If it's the deserts of Afghanistan, if it's a boardroom, if it's the Madison square garden, I mean, if it's the four walls of your home, there are, um, just such a key link for us to be able to show up in our home as, as the one who is honored and highly spoken of. And, and, um, that's to our spouse and to our kids. And, and that matters so much in how we show up in the world. And what we know is that if we are, you know, things are going well at home, meaning we are feeling connected, we are supported, we are emotionally stable and secure with the ones that we love most, that we step out into the world in strength. And the reverse is also true. When we are having tension and discord, if there is um, division and strife in the home, then we step out into the world in weakness. And there's a whole lot of pain and uh, coping mechanisms, really, that start to kind of fall in that can cause a lot of pain and destruction down the road. And so that's just really our heartbeat. Um, I, we have two kids and seven and five. And so we are, you know, young in the parenting journey. And that has been probably one of the hardest things I've ever walked. Um, My story isn't pretty and Instagram worthy. It is a lot of, Mm -hmm. I call it, I hit the bottom rung of life. um, And it was a long climb back up and I am thankful to the Lord. I am thankful for the, um, just real tangible tools and support that were put around me and, um, to, to, and that has been like a whole holistic climb back up, but it has, um, 
it has been something that I am, it's so tender to me. And so when I talk to women, especially, and, um, if you're, you know, a single woman, (laughs) engaged, married, if you are desiring to be a mom, if you are currently in the season of motherhood, if you're in the trenches of motherhood or, um, that is, it is just such a, I think sisterhood of, and a camaraderie because if if we can get past, you know, the polish and the pretense and all the walls and, and images and masks we're trying to put out there, there is just such, oh, uh, women are, I think just this tender well of, of potential and heart and goodness that are, we don't connect as, as well as we, um, I think all desire to. And so, um, in the vein of, you know, the emotional health world, which is where we come, you know, that's really been a lot of our focus is to get past the, the masks and the image, um, what we do, what we identify ourselves as, and to get deep into the actual heart of a person. And there is where we, um, see incredible healing and um, freedom, and so that, that doesn't really answer what we do in a day, but <laughs> <laughs> it answers that's, why you do it. That's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we, yeah, we do. We have a podcast. We um, we coach a lot of leaders and families. We do a lot of writing and speaking, and um, and then we wrangle our two kids, our disobedient puppy, and um, try to put food on the table and clean clothes. That's that's okay. what my days look like. <laughs> I love it. Well, you mentioned Instagram worthy, and the reality is, no one has Instagram worthy. You know, I think nope. we're all so craving true. to we're all craving to see the behind the scenes. So, thank you for sharing that authentically. And I love how you brought up sisterhood. That word is so precious to me. And mm. like you mentioned, the tender well what a beautiful word picture for women and when we can get behind that hard shell and and connect truly like that that is sisterhood to me and I think it's interesting so you had this desire it sounds like from a young age of family but then you've already mentioned this was a really hard journey for you so can you just speak a little bit of to that of your motherhood journey yeah, absolutely. Um, so again, our kids are seven and five. Um, pregnancy was really tough for me. Um, I was sick for about seven months, um, you know, um, throwing up like 30 plus times a day. Um, I no couldn't way. have told you. Yeah, I couldn't have told you at the time, but um, I I was struggling with major depression because it was like, I remember, I remember, I remember being so angry seeing like the flu shot signs (laughs) and thinking like, (laughs) I like, it's like having the flu 24 seven for seven months straight and you can't handle it for like the 24 hour (laughs) flu. Anyway, just kidding. I'm kidding. The flu is horrible, but you know, just that actual, like, um, it was, it was awful. And, um, then we had really difficult babies. Um, a lot of undiagnosed, um, food allergy stuff was going on that, and that's been part of the journey. Um, I've had a back injury. I was a volleyball player in college. Um, and I herniated a disc and that's how it started. And, uh, for the last 15 years, I have been struggling so much so that, you know, with our second child, 
I wasn't able to hold her, carry her, put her in or out of her crib, put her in her car seat, take her out of her car seat. Um, so all of this, the really intimate things that you get to do as a mom, you know, um, breastfeeding and just the nurturing, like the holding the, te- the that like care I couldn't do. And it stripped from me, um, so much of my, I I think identity of what I thought a mom was supposed to be and do and provide. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't get on the floor and play with my kids. I couldn't, um, take them for bike rides. I couldn't, um, honestly, I, I would have trouble just driving to the park and getting them in and out of the car to let them, to watch them play at a park. So we stayed home. Yeah. most days. Um, there was a whole lot associated with that. I think, you know, I know with, I actually used to work with chronic pain patients and, and chronic pain situations. There's a lot of comorbid, you know, anxiety and depression. And again, I wouldn't have ever told you that that's what it was. But when I look back, I had the symptoms and it's funny because I'm in that field. Like you think I would have picked up on mm-hmm. it. Um, but I, I think I, excused it away. I tried to justify. Um, and, and also I think there's that, that, that counterbalance of where you try to be like, no, but I'm so grateful. And I was able to have two babies and I, and they're healthy and heal and it's, yeah. and it's wonderful. And I, I, I do, I celebrate that. And I tried to, but there was still, there was so much loss and there was so much I wasn't, um, I really never, never gave myself the permission to grieve honestly. And I'm realizing in the last, uh, it's probably been the last two, three years, I've really walked through a season of um, emotional healing where I've allowed myself um, and I've done the work (laughs) to grieve and to deal with the losses that I felt. Um, And not just, you know, during motherhood, but I mean, really whenever I one counselor that I love and adore always says, if it feels hysterical, it's likely historical. Meaning when everything, when something feels (laughs) big, it's like there's a root there. It's coming from somewhere. And, um, so, yeah, so doing a lot of that work and that's really where emotional safety is really the key of what we do. And, um, the, the really the re- the hub of research, which is incredible and overwhelming and how it affects leadership and business and, and our personal lives, our children, the way our, their outcomes we really desire for our kids. But it all comes back to this concept of emotional safety. And in order to do that and to teach that, um, which is, again, the basis of basically everything we do in touch, um, we, we wrote a kid's book because we realized even through our own journeys, you know, you have to get this. If we can get this as a child, if we can get this into our kids, because so much of us, so many of us really, and so much of our lives, we were faced with a very different message. And, um, the world tells you to shut down and numb out. It teaches you that emotions are a distraction and they are not a help. Um, and, and that's quite opposite. And so, yeah, part of, part of my journey has been that and has been reconnecting again with the little girl inside the inner child. And she's still here. She's just in a bigger body yeah. with a lot more responsibilities and other, 
little bodies now that look to her and call her mom. So, um, wow. Yeah. Oh man, I need help to keep it together. Cause I feel, I feel the tears welling up in my, my mind. You know, if I can just share candidly, which please. is my podcast. Yes, so I'm just going to go ahead and share. candidly. Yes. <laughs> I think there's a spectrum of emotional wellness, right. Mm-hmm. Or people's paradigm of what they think. And so I tend to be on the spectrum and the side that says emotions aren't, they don't matter, yeah. you know, just, just suck it up, just pray about it, claim a scripture, claim a truth and like get over it. And so this is something very personal to me right now that I feel like I am walking through and starting to give myself permission to, to go there. I love that. <laughs> and it's, it's so beautiful. And you know, this, for those listening, they're like, I thought we we're talking about kids emotions. Why we're we talking about, you know, our own feelings. Well, this is the time. It's back to school. So, Christy, I'm assuming your do your kids go to school or do you guys homeschool? They are. We have done everything. We've done private, public, and homeschool. So <laughs> this year we have one in private, okay. one in public. <laughs> okay. So bottom line, they're going back to school. This yep. is the time, you know, where we start to get back into a rhythm. And so I think it's so important that we start to acknowledge. We we sort of tune. We, we get back into tune with our kids when it's a time where it's easy for schedules to take over and to-do lists to take over. But I really want to set this up and set the stage for our wellness is going to be reflected in how well our kids are able to do. And Christy, can you share that piece oh, of research? Oh, absolutely. That you Amen. On your Girl, I want like just hearing you say that I'm like, "Yes, yes, that's it. Yes. That's it. Yeah. We can be done here." Um that's it. It's it is. <laughs> I mean, truly our kids, if you can basically sum up all of the parenting and child outcome research to say this one thing, our children become who we are. Wow. And if that is not the most I mean, in some ways, I and I hope we hear this as like, that is such a driving force for us to be literally the healthiest version of us possible. It is also terrifying to a lot of us yes. <laughs> because we know what we carry. We know we have blind spots and we probably are afraid to look at them. And, um, but it is true. Our kids basically will will turn out for better, for worse, the way, the way we show them how to live life, the way we show them how to care for ourselves, the way we show them how to deal with emotion, how, I mean, a lot of us grew up in a home where emotion was either dismissed or punished or minimized. We do that to our own kids all the time. And this is not, this is not, I am not speaking one ounce of shame. I hope, I hope everyone walks away feeling free and not shamed because I I know as parents, the last thing we need is more condemnation because I think we are all walking around with so much guilt um, and fear, and that is actually part of the problem. But as a, you know, as grown-up kids, which is all we really are, we are still carrying wounds typically that, um, you know, inadvertent and and probably not our, our parents never intended to wound us it is very rare that a parent intentionally is trying to inflict pain and wound a child it is out of their own lack or or um, wounds really that we 
become wounders of others. But uh, for those of us who grew up in a home, maybe there were certain emotions that were celebrated and certain ones that were Hmm. not allowed. Um, Often and not intentionally, we give our kids the impression that there are certain emotions that are prioritized, prized, and the other ones should be shut down. And a lot of that comes out of really well-meaning hearts, but we'll say things like, I just want my kids to be happy. And we do. And that's genuine. We really want our kids to be happy. But here's the trouble. When a child feels something, they, they get that impression. I want from mom and dad. When a child feels something that's incongruent with happy, that could be sad. It could be afraid. It could be angry. What do they do? Because they realize if that's what mom and dad want of me, then what will happen if I'm not that? And it could mean rejection. It could mean I disappoint them. It it, it might not even, it might mean it strains the relationship. And so from a very early age, a lot of us learn to hide and we start to shut down what we actually feel and we express something that's actually not true of us. So um, the child who comes home from school and mom and dad say, how was your day? Fine. Oh, what happened? Uh, Nothing. How, you know, did you meet any friends? No. And you start to, you know, and mom and dad might leave it at that. And the child maybe had a really horrible day. They might've felt sad. They might've felt angry, but if there's no freedom to actually discuss emotion uh, or to really just feel, and and I think that's where a lot of us get really shut down because it, sometimes it can feel so big in another person. And typically that is because of our own wound that when it feels so loud, like, um, you know, maybe you grew up in a home where anger was really present. Maybe it was sadness and it was a home where that to you is a very almost triggering emotion because it takes you back to a place that feels very vulnerable or I, I do not want to feel that. I, maybe you had a parent who struggled with depression, um, anger, um, something that you have resolved, I will never, right? I will never be an angry, I will never live my life this way. I will. And so we shut down those emotions because the truth of the matter is emotional health is the ability to feel and experience the entire range of emotion. That is all the way from the typically labeled positive emotions, the ones that we really like to feel like happiness and joy and contentment peace to the, to the typically labeled negative emotions, anger, sadness, fear, resentment, um, contempt. Like these are the ones, I mean, jealousy, think about those, like, you know, I, we don't like to feel them, but in order to be truly emotionally healthy, we actually need to be able to come in and out And that's important to not stay in, but to come in and out of the full range of emotion. And, and to be able to give our kids permission to do the same. Wow. This is so important. And so the challenge for us moms is to own this. And what you said earlier, that our children become who we are. I mean, if you don't hear anything else today, hopefully you can land on that and meditate on that and really you know, for me, invite the Lord into those areas to start to, you know, be highlighted of how can we lean into this. So I really want to get into the practicals. But Christy, you have a quote 
in your book, What Am I Feeling, that I really love that talks a little bit about the balance and that we are not our emotions. Because someone could hear what you're saying in the perspective of like, well, you know, at some point you got to get over it. Like where, where's the line of moving right. on, feeling them and then moving on. So can you speak to that? Oh, absolutely. That quote yeah. and kind of your philosophy I'm, around that? I'm guessing you're talking about, yeah, a, a feeling is just a feeling. It's not in charge of you. And that is a line that we use in our home and I use with myself. (laughs) And, um, and what's interesting is that what you'll actually find is that the more an emotion is shut down, meaning it's not given permission, you don't, or you don't give yourself permission to feel that actually louder and more control it can have over your life. So a feeling is just a feeling, but it's not, and it doesn't get to be in charge of you. However, in order to then take charge of our emotions, we do have to allow ourselves to feel them. And then we get to put them in check. Rather, if, you know, a lot of, you know, um, juvenile delinquents, my husband used to work with juvenile delinquents a lot and they're in troubled families. And what you'll find with them is that they literally have never been able to name or recognize basically identify what it is they're feeling. It's like the basics of emotional safety, just the ability to look at another face and recognize also then what they're feeling. That's the beginnings of empathy. Um, But until, you know, if, if, I I was a little girl who basically grew up with the impression, and again, never intentional, but that anger is not okay. Mm -hmm. You should be sweet and kind you should be happy and, and a delight to be around. Anger is not okay. And so what you'll often see in little girls is it comes out in tears. Hmm. You'll see boys because anger is okay for boys, whereas whereas sadness or, or, or like a highly, you know, emotive response for a little girl in tears, that's okay. But anger, flat out anger is not. And so um, – the more we can allow ourselves and our kids to feel the feeling and then we put it in check. And that's really, that's like, so it's like step one, step two, right? Because no, we're not supposed to walk around as like emotionally flailing human beings. And, (laughs) you know, where it's just, and and you kind of see that a little bit, right? Where it's like people can kind of try to go to the other end of the spectrum where it's like all things are allowed. It's, It's not, it's not this like, overly uh, permissive way of allowing ourselves to just, you know, feel and ride this wave of emotion. It's allowing it, recognizing it, and then we get to take control of it. And that's starting to teach really our kids, um, I mean, the basics that we're talking about, even biblically, it's self-control, yeah. right? And yeah. But it, you have to be able to, it, to tame it, really. Um, and in order to tame it, you probably have heard that before. You know, you have to name it to tame it. Um, but I, th- what we find so often is because we are so – we have such difficulty actually with self-control, that we have such difficulty um, taking an emotion and putting it into a proper place that instead most people and in, in, sort of in society, what you'll see is they go to the other end of the spectrum and that's numb. And they numb out. They numb emotion. And what's scary is that we're seeing this in kids in epidemic numbers now because of screens, partially. Um, screens are a really great way to numb emotion. And I don't even – I don't discount it because it has its place. There are times <laughs> when that is just – we 
that it is such an overwhelming either emotion, day, week, that we just need to get away. And I that there is no condemnation in that. It is the lives that are lived numb. Mm-hmm. is where it starts to get scary. And some, uh, so we drink, we eat, we buy, we we watch, we binge watch, we <laughs> scroll <laughs> in order to just shut down the feeling. And, um, and this is where I think as parents, we get to lead the way and lean in just a little bit because all of us are going to have um, a feeling that there are those that have learned to pretty much numb out and have, you'll, you'll, when you meet them, you'll know, you'll know that there's almost a, a, I want to say apathy because really the, that's, that is what it is. They've, they've given up caring because it, you know, and, and in really feeling and that it is, it is a symptom of a life of there is wounds there and it, but it is never, it's never too late. And that's, what's so cool. And we have watched parent after parent, you know, wife after husband who have just started to just tiptoe into the waters and like, why do I feel numb all the time? Mm -hmm. Like, why do I really not feel? And, and it's starting by just getting curious and you'll start to recognize, I, I think one of the best indicators is especially if you're, you know, if you are married, if you do have kids, there are certain things in your, in your spouse or in your kids that will trigger you in ways that, you know, you're like, why when my child is, uh, fearful, why when they get hurt, why when they're angry, like, why does that send me, you know, Mm -hmm. you go like zero to 10 in a second. And there's something there. And so it's just starting to lean in there and be a little bit curious. Like, where is this coming from? Like, why does, you know, why does her sadness bother me so much? Why does his anger just flip my lid? Mm -hmm. And um, it's just starting to really press in there and just sort of be curious enough about emotion. And that's really the starting place for a lot of us. I love how you said earlier, as far as emotions go to allow to recognize and then to ultimately take control. And so I'd love to, let's just get really practical. You mentioned the example of your kids coming home from school. Like every parent on the planet has this moment (laughs) and you ask them the question and there's no response. Like just walk us through, or maybe there is a response. Maybe there is emotion, but as a parent, again, we're like, oh, this is not happy. Danger, danger, (laughs) stuff, stuff. Like how do we walk through those situations on a day-to-day basis with our kids that help them to create and create a space of emotional security for them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's where it gets to be a whole lot easier than we think because emotions Mm -hmm. can feel really heavy. Can they not? Like they walk in the door and you're like, Oh my word, like (laughs) what just happened? Um, but what's, what's amazing is, and I think this is where there's so much life and freedom and hope. You don't have to fix it. As a spouse, as a friend, as a parent, you are not meant to fix the emotion that is coming at you, whatever it is you're being presented with. All we have to do is allow, like be the safe person that allows them to feel. So meaning emotional safety is really, it's love without fear. So I will love you without the fear that whatever you're presenting to me will cause me to reject you. It will cause your, 
it, it's it's not that again not everything is permissible you cannot there will be a time where you will follow up in truth meaning that's where there's correction and discipline when the emotion if we're talking about emotion gets becomes misbehavior right and becomes mm-hmm. something that needs just to be disciplined, but it's first, it's first responding with grace and then following up in truth, because here's the, the reality neurochemically in the brain, when a person is overwhelmed by emotion, I mean, you can look at the fight or flight response. Um, basically their brain is so flooded. That's when often as, as adults, we're trying to talk to our kids and reason with them. They cannot hear us. Like actually it's not because they're not listening and we get mad at them. We're like, do not hear what I'm saying to you. They actually cannot hear and absorb what we are saying. Their brain is so overwhelmed. And that's why I think Paul was the first neuroscientist because he talks about, you know, when he's talking about, um, Basically, we have to first get the brain into a state where it is calm. And then he says, brothers, think on these things, whatever is true, noble, right. Because at first he says to bring our you know prayers and supplications to God, all our anxiety, we have to bring to that to him first, unload it, get it off of us, like out of our brain, and then think. Because he knew that you cannot think when you're overwhelmed. It's the same for our kids. Wow. They cannot think straight. It's the same for us. Let's be real. When you're in an argument with your spouse or you know a parent or a friend, or there's something going on at work, we are so overwhelmed. We're in fight or flight mode. We cannot think straight rationally we can't those higher functioning parts of the brain the self-control all the things that we really do want to develop in our kids that is that is in the prefrontal cortex that is what happens when the brain is calm and so half of it is is first allowing the emotion to present (laughs) and to (laughs) love without fear which is emotional safety and then once they're calm then we can speak in truth and then we can talk to them Um, and and really a lot of it too is a transfer of energy so a lot of the big emotions fear um, anger especially there is so much um, energy literally trapped inside the body that does have to come out and it does have to have a release and so that's where that like a real practical standpoint is we have a place in our home where you can get pillows, you can do a punching bag, whatever it is, um, mattresses, ottomans, where kids can go. It's the safe place to get their anger out because that is actually the anger left in the body is only going to cause destruction. So it does have to come out, but in a healthy way, we don't hit people. We don't hit pets. We don't hit doors. We don't hit one another, you know, but there is a very controlled way to release it. And then after the release, it's same for us as, you know, we slam our doors or whatever we do as, as adults to get our anger out. We go for a run. Maybe we garden, maybe we, you know, go to a, punching, you know, kickboxing class. Clearly I don't do them because I don't even know what they're called. A punching (laughs) class, whatever. Um, But, you know, and then what's super important after that is what we put back in, what we put back into us in that place of void after we have let out the anger. And that is when we fill in our kids with truth, with love, with correction, with, um, with discipline. But again, when we're in a right state and they're in a right state, and they can hear us. Wow. Thank you for giving us permission. I feel like every, you know, mom or parent listening 
hopefully just had a big sigh of relief. Like, okay, when my son's angry and he wants to hit me or hit his siblings, that is actually needs to happen. But we can redirect the hitting to like a pillow. <laughs> I mean, yeah. literally, maybe we need to buy a punching bag. And Totally. That's and, what we did. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And recognizing like this is this is at this point, not misbehavior. It literally is energy and we need to get it out. And I think too, trusting that process, because, you know, for me, I don't have sons yet at least. And I can imagine being fearful, like, um, he's going bananas and is this going to stop, you know? So I -hmm. think again, like this is part of the journey of emotional wellness, emotional safety, and creating the space for our kids of recognizing the components of this anger equals energy, you know, tears that that's okay. We can let them go. And I would love to, if you could touch on some of the gender differences that you see, that you see parents dealing with. Um, and then we can wrap up with a question, like how do we as parents continue to foster our own emotional wellness. But do you have any maybe statistics on on different genders and how this plays out with boys and girls? And what's interesting is that most of us assume that girls are more emotional than boys, and that's actually not the truth. Um, they We just process it differently, and it behaves differently. Um, what I think that's what's so important, I think, for us as parents, especially, um, so let's look at, you know, parents of boys, there is a tenderness in our boys that we often discount. There's a passage in scripture that talks about um, that they are like tender shoots and plants, whereas the girls are like carved pillars to adorn a palace. Wow. It's a very interesting difference that I have I have looked at for, I, I think I've just been mesmerized by it, actually. it The men are these tender, um, growing little guys <laughs> that wow. will be strong men one day, but that tender little boy needs to be spoken to. He needs to be heard. He needs to be able to cry when he has to cry. He needs to be able to get out his anger when he needs to, when he's angry. And he needs to know that that whole range of emotion is okay. And, and a lot of that is just having a home where emotion is talked about. Meaning as parents, are we showing our kids that we process and handle emotion as well as they do? Because meaning like they do, not as well as they do. I hope we do it better than they do. But um, meaning there's a lot of families where it's like mom and dad are the strong ones and we don't talk about it. We don't talk about like, we're just good. We're good. We're always good. Mom and dad, I'm good. How are you? We're good. I had a great day. Well, I remember when our little guy started um, school, and he was actually starting at a new school, and he was just having all these emotions, and it was coming out sideways, which is what they do (laughs) um, when you really can't recognize what it is. And he was at an age where I literally – he was having all this – like it was coming out in misbehavior. He was angry. He was shutting down. He wasn't talking to us. His whole countenance had changed. And I said, buddy, what does it feel like? And he said, mommy, I feel flippy in my tummy. Wow. And I was like, that that's fear. You're afraid, Landon. And that started to shift everything because once you can name it and recognize, oh, that's what this is. Because can you imagine? I mean, the first time we all felt big feelings. I mean, those are huge feelings to feel in a little body. That's why you see toddlers melting down in Target. (laughs) You know, it is so 
overwhelming to them. They literally don't know what's going on, but they feel it viscerally in their body. And that's where we can help them to, to teach them that feeling right there, that feeling like you literally feel flippy, like sick to your stomach. That's a, that's afraid. That's when you're afraid of something. You're afraid of school. And, um, it's a great learning lesson, I think, for us as parents too, to start to just listen in. Mm-hmm. Like, what is it? Because it might appear to us very different than what is actually being experienced inside. And to just be, I don't have to fix it. I don't have to fix the fact that you're afraid at school, which is terrifying for me because that hits a trigger wound for me. Mm-hmm. And so I, I have to really like walk myself off that ledge to realize that is just a run of the mill emotion for him. It feels really big to me because that's part of my wound, but it doesn't mean that's his. And I need to just let him feel afraid sometimes. Well, that's a great segue. I know you've mentioned in your podcast, which we'll make sure to link it in this together podcast. You guys have got to check it out immediately after this one's done. Um, but you reference your feelings chart. So I'd love for you to touch, like, what is the feelings chart? How does that make a difference for us as parents, as far as leaning into this? And then maybe just, um, outline your book a little bit for us because the flippy in my tummy, I think you use that in your book. I'd love just to give we a totally little overview. Did. Yeah. Like, <laughs> give us yeah, an we overview. Totally did. Give us yeah, an overview basically. Of the book. Yeah, it is. Um, it's basically teaching emotional safety um, and for kids to learn to name emotion, but it's in a way that is hopefully very um, useful. We do have a feelings chart in the back. Um, the story is about Sam, who's a little guy who goes to school and really can't tell. He doesn't know what he's feeling. Uh, And when he's at school, he encounters a whole lot of other emotions. So there's Hudson, who's happy, you know, there's, there's Alex, who's angry. And it's, it's starting to, as our kids, you know, go out into the world, they start to be confronted by really big emotions from other people, from other Mm -hmm. kids. It could Mm -hmm. be a teacher, it could be, you know, kids on the playground, it could be kids in school, if they're in traditional school. Um, And really the beginnings of being able to identify in another face what an emotion looks like. That's how we begin to teach and know what empathy is. Because we could look into the the face of Jenny, who's jealous, and start to empathize with who she is and what she's feeling. And so what's amazing is I hope we've distilled it down into the most practical, helpful tool. But it is literally like if we can get our kids to get this now at a young age, like we work with grown men who run companies and uh, who have never been taught to name and label emotion. If you, and so often, if you find yourself in a place, you know, uh, even as an adult and you're walking into a counseling office, never having done work and maybe carrying, um, if you have never learned this, they will often hand you a feelings chart first thing. It is like the basics. If we can get this into our kids, at a young age where they can just start to recognize label and name emotion. And we can start to do the same in our own homes for those of us that didn't grow up learning or knowing, um, or just feeling the permission to be able to feel, um, this will literally set our kids up for every major outcome 
that we desire for them, it is linked back to emotional safety. Google literally just released a study and they were kind of flabbergasted at the results where they studied their people, their hiring process, and they wanted to see what was the best, what basically made for the best employees at Google. They typically would hire for the STEM skills. Um, science, technology, engineering, and math, obviously. Mm -hmm. But what they found, literally the number one factor of the most productive and influential employees at Google was emotional safety. The second was emotional intelligence. The third was empathy. And that if we can teach our kids these three factors, I think we're actually going to see a giant shift over the next 10 to 15 years over uh, of what companies are specifically hiring for because you can teach the skills, the hard skills all day long, but those soft skills, this is what we get to teach our kids when they're within our own home. And that will literally set them up for a lifetime of success. What if we took this school year and focused more on this emotional wellness, emotional security, if we put more effort into that, investing that into our kids instead of worrying about the perfect GPA. I mean, I feel like it could change everything. And Christy has just proven that literally some of the top companies in the world are now recognizing this and hiring in alignment with that truth. So I would encourage everyone listening, again, you don't have to be a parent. If you're a mentor, if you're a grandparent, get this book, like let this be the parenting book of the year. And I've seen it. I've looked through it. It's fun. It's beautifully done. It's beautifully illustrated. Your kids will enjoy it. Um, I I know that for us in our household, it will be a book that we keep going back to as, as my child grows. She's only three. And so we're right at the beginning of this journey. But man, I want to set my child up for success. And um, like we've already talked about, Christy, it starts with us. And so I'd love if you would share, in your opinion, the number one takeaway, like for a woman listening, a mom listening, what's the number one thing that you want her to take away that will um, allow her to dive into her own emotional wellness as as a way to be an example um, for her kids' emotional safety? Absolutely. I think... um... If I could encourage women to start to, you know, if you're married, if you have a, a dear friend, we we use something we called how 15 minutes saved our marriage. Um, and it was literally, we just started taking 15 minutes a day. And that's not actually 15 minutes, but it's sort of becoming, it started out as an intention of that. And then it just sort of weaves into the natural rhythm of your life and conversation. But to just start talking about emotion, because so often we talk about the details and the, the data of our day, right? We This is what we did. We went here. We did this. Wow. But if you can just go one layer lower and just say, okay, literally, how did that make me feel? I felt angry when my coworker slighted me, you know, in the boardroom, I felt dismissed. I felt rejected. I felt sad. I felt, I felt really happy. I was, I was really encouraged about this meeting today or when my daughter did this or when, but just to connect, start to connect feeling with our days and then to communicate that to somebody else. 
it starts to just allow us to process because so often we just go through a day and we're busy. It's, you know, it was full and we just are thinking on a very um, cerebral, it's very left brain level of just the the data Mm -hmm. and the facts. And if you can just Mm -hmm. press in, we start to connect that to like, I actually felt really afraid. Like I was afraid because this person accused me of, you know, or something. It just start. you don't solve it. And that's the other thing, especially if you're doing it with your spouse, you do not fix it. You do not offer um, suggestions or responses or replies. It's just to hear it and to just be able to sit with it. And um, I think that is one of the most powerful steps where it just starts to not just take relationships, but takes a person's life to a different level where we realize all those emotions, they really are there. They're just filtering, you know, maybe fluttering below the surface of our awareness. But when we start to just just recognize that they're there, uh, we start to really be present in our own lives, but also show up in a whole different way. Wow. Well, Christy, where can listeners get your book, tune into your podcast, and find out more about what you guys are doing right now? Yeah. Um, you can find you can find What Am I Feeling at like really any bookstore or Amazon. Um, and you can find us at famousathome.com. And I probably should mention, you actually are the first one I'm going to tell this to. This is kind of like a, like a little secret, but we're actually renaming the podcast. So it will be called Famous at Home now and Brilliant. not in this together, but um, you could probably find it by either name. But um, yeah, that is probably the best place to find us is famousathome.com. I love it. Well, thank you again for the work that you and your family are committed to. And I think it's important that people, they'll they'll start to get this as they follow you more, but you have voice into very influential as you are to people's lives. And it's so interesting that even the people we see are successful, they're at the top, they have the same desire as we all do Mm -hmm. to be connected with those we love the most in our own home. And so I think it's really unique vantage point that you guys have. You're not only speaking to, you know, those who have a platform and ministering and providing wisdom for their families. You're also showing us how to do it too. And so I really honor you guys for the work that you're doing and can't wait to continue to get to know you and listen to every single one of your podcasts. in the near future. So, and we'll have to have you back because we're just like, we are just scratching the surface. So thank you so much, Christy. Thanks for listening today all the way through this episode. I'm telling you, wasn't that amazing? I'd love if you'd shout at me on social media, if you think what I'm thinking and having her on Christy on for part two, there's so much more we could have touched on today. And just a reminder, today's number one takeaway is this, a feeling, ladies, is just a feeling. It's not in charge of you, and it's not in charge of your kids. But what we first must do is recognize what we're feeling rather than numb it. So let's be moms, friends, sisters, coworkers that don't just numb feelings, but we allow ourselves to feel them, and we create space for others to feel them so that we can move on. Just one more reminder, remember Food Freedom 60 Special Moms Edition, we've never done this Special Moms Edition before, is launching September 16th. So don't wait, click the link in the show notes 
If you are a mama this next eight weeks, you are not going to want to miss. And I want you to enroll before then so you have some time to complete prep week and feel like you can start your eight-week journey strong, prepared, and ready to go. So all those details, and you can join in the link in bio. With that, have a great rest of your day, and I can't wait to chat with you next week. Yeah.